This is an IELTS Energy Podcast, episode 921. Does the examiner want to hear about your feelings? Welcome to the IELTS Energy Podcast from All Ears English, downloaded more than 18 million times with former IELTS examiner Jessica Beck and Aubrey Carter, the IELTS whiz. If you are stuck with a low score, our insider method will help you get the score you need to unlock your dreams. Get your estimated band score now with our two-minute quiz at allearsenglish.com slash my score. Let's talk about feelings. Today, we explain why you should share how you feel on the IELTS exam, and we give you the high-level vocabulary and idioms you need. Listen in to discover how your feelings can get you a seven or higher on IELTS. Wondering about your fluency level? Take our simple English fluency quiz and find out if you're 50% fluent, 65% fluent, or 80% fluent. Plus, get ready for an exciting new course release coming up in early June. Learn from real English conversations so you can finally get competent. Take the quiz at allearsenglish.com slash fluency score. Aubrey, I have a question for you. Let's hear it. <laughs> I'm coming in hot today. I'm starting with the questions. Yes. Do you, are you a person who likes to talk about their feelings or no? Oh, that is a really good question, actually. <laughs> and for me, it depends on who I'm talking to. Totally. I, I do like talking about feelings with people that I'm very close to, but I do not um, easily talk about my feelings um, with not strangers, but even like acquaintances. Like I would never discuss my feelings with a Facebook friend, let's say. <laughs> what about you? Um, I, I'm on the other side of things. I think I tend to overshare. I think I'm one of those people. Um, I think my, my son has even called me on that sometimes. He's like, you get too personal with people. Oh, well, I guess I do sometimes. You're like walking um, your dog and you're like, uh, how do you feel today? Let's talk about it. <laughs> um, so guys, this is exactly what we're talking about today is like, is it okay on the IELTS exam to discuss your feelings? This calls to mind an episode we did a, a long time ago um, on this podcast on IELTS Energy about um, like how far should we go when we're discussing our feelings? Just like basically don't cry, like don't cry in front of the examiner, you know, so avoid yeah. talking about something that will... Well, just because it makes it harder to talk, right? You don't want to yeah. be crying. It's harder to control your voice, definitely. Oh, yeah. We don't want that to happen on the exam, <laughs> but it is actually a good idea to talk about how you're feeling for a number of reasons, but definitely because of your score. So guys, we had a question from a student in the Facebook group about this, right? Yes, exactly. Um, he said he was practicing part two with his tutor, and the tutor said to not use the feeling technique, and that he wanted to know our opinion about this. And I had to ask him, what's the feeling technique? I hadn't heard that before. And he said that was referring to not talking about your feelings and not starting an answer with something like, oh, that's a difficult question. I'm not sure how I feel about that. Something like that. And I let him know right away, that's incorrect. You can definitely talk about your 
your feelings. In fact, you should talk about your feelings. And today we're going to let you know why. There are a lot of reasons to be talking about your feelings during speaking. Exactly. I mean, this is one strategy that we've encouraged you guys to try out when you introduce a part two answer. Okay. So first of all, guys, remember I was an examiner for 14 years. I have the scoring rubric memorized. Okay. And guys, I mean, come on. There is nothing on there about like marking you down because you said how you felt about something. That's ridiculous. You're graded on your speaking ability, your ability to communicate. And if you are acting really like dry and just like very, you know, um, like coldly talking about stuff, it limits your vocabulary. It limits your ability to be expressive in your pronunciation. It limits the fluency because you're like literally cutting yourself off from talking about a lot of things. So for all of those reasons, it will hurt your score, guys. Just like let's imagine two examples, right? So let's say that you get a part two card. says describe a party that you'd like to give. And you say, Today, I will tell you about a party I would like to give. I have a friend. He is graduating from university. He deserves a party. He's great. And that, come on, like, that's so boring. Yeah, the examiner's um, like, oh, band six, band six. <laughs> right? So, guys, we don't want to introduce a part two like that. So, as I said, one of the strategies we've taught you is to say how you felt when you saw the topic. It's such a great natural way to introduce that answer. So what's yes, and it sounds way, way more native, right? Because yeah. natives don't talk like that. That example of you sound too much like a student, it's right. going to be such a low score. So yeah, here's a good way you could answer. You could say, oh my gosh, what a perfect topic. I'm actually thrilled that you asked me to talk about this because no joke, I'm literally planning a party <laughs> right now for my best friend in the whole wide world. <laughs> so much See, better. Like even just hearing that makes me smile and hearing the first one uh, depresses me. Yeah. So like, <laughs> guys, you're oh, OK. We I understand why a tutor might tell someone this if they if they're not actually an IELTS teacher. Right. If they don't know what the examiner is looking for, maybe they're coming from a place where like, they assume this is a very formal interview. Like in a formal interview, Aubrey, should we talk about our feelings? No, right? Exactly. If the tutor's thinking this should be like a, a, a more stiff, like a student speaking professionally and formally, I can see them saying, don't talk about your feelings because that would be accurate. But that's not the IELTS exam. Right. Part one is personal questions on purpose. Exactly. They want you to be informal. They want to see if you know how to speak like a native and use slang and talk about your feelings. And if exactly. you don't, you're going to get a low score. Exactly, guys. You will not get get above a band six if you limit yourself like this. So, okay. First of all, guys, like I feel like I have to prove this point, but let's think about this. If it were a formal interview, would you be asked about your favorite color or a childhood right. book that you loved or, no. right, like describing a party? Like those are not formal questions, okay? Right. So, what you eat for breakfast. Right. And, yes, exactly. Like, like what do you, you do enjoy? with your best friend. Yes. Um. Do you like 
I'm taking naps. Like nobody right. is going to answer and those questions in a formal way because that's incorrect. It's inappropriate. And so, okay, we've established the fact that um, feelings is not what you're scored on. What you are scored on is your range of vocabulary, your range of expression, your range of communication. And all of that means that you have to show informal communication as well as formal communication, right? So we start off informally, very relaxed, super expressive. And then in part three, that's when we're a little more serious, right? We we do, our, our intonation becomes more serious, a little slower. Our vocabulary becomes more academic. So guys, if you want a seven or higher on speaking, you need to show that range, right? There's no option. <laughs> exactly. And if the, that first example we gave you where you're very stiff and formal saying, I have a good friend, he is graduating, <laughs> it is going to be impossible to throw in some interesting slang and some native ways of speaking because it's yeah. so, uh, it's, it won't fit at all and it's going to be really difficult. But if you're speaking in a more informal tone, talking about your feelings and looser, then it's pretty easy to slide that stuff in. Yes, exactly. Um, so guys, just real fast, we want to address something because Aubrey came ac- across a review who, um, this listener said that they didn't like it when we spoke badly about other teachers. Guys, yes. we're not, I'm, I'm not judging these people personally. Okay. I'm not saying anything bad about them as a person. Um, but we have to be honest with you guys when advice is bad for your score. I'm not saying that person is bad. I'm not saying that teacher is a bad person. I'm just saying that what they're telling you guys, it will lower your score, right? Like our job is to be completely honest with you about your IELTS score. We're here to help you guys. And we don't want to speak badly about anybody, but we can speak badly if the advice is wrong. Exactly, because we don't want something like this to lower your score. And so we're going to let you know whenever we hear about advice from other teachers or tutors, it usually means that they just aren't that familiar with the IELTS exam. That's not their fault. They're still probably going to take a paid job tutoring English. And often they don't even realize that they could be negatively affecting your score by giving you this bad advice. Totally. I mean, I am certain this tutor just believes that they are really helping the student, you know, to the best of their ability. Um, But unfortunately, you know, not just anyone could teach you about IELTS because the scoring system is, as you've heard us talk about, it's very unique and very specific. Um, Another another piece of uh, questionable advice I came across recently was on YouTube. And someone said that a teacher told them they cannot use hand gestures on the speaking exam. Um, Again, nothing in the scoring system about (laughs) you using your hands or not. So it's not connected to the score at all. And in fact, Again, for a lot of people, that would uh, hurt their fluency, I think. Yeah, myself included. I cannot talk (laughs) without my hands. So if I thought that were true, I think I would have a really difficult time giving good good answers and thinking of good vocabulary while trying to not move my hands. Yeah. You know, for a lot of people, their hand gestures are just this innate part of how they communicate. And if you cut off that expression, it also limits your thoughts to some extent, right? Because like it's just all part of the communication. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Okay, guys, we're going to um, give you some great feelings vocabulary that you could use on the exam to help your score. Guys, it all comes back to the score. If you're using great vocabulary, talk about your feelings to your heart's content. <laughs> right? Yes. So, okay, what's, what's the first phrase we could use, Aubrey? Okay, I really like this one because, as you know, there's a chance that you will feel a little bit nervous, a little bit anxious, and you should definitely just be open and honest about that. And there's a great idiom you can use that is being tongue-tied. So you could say, for example, I'm a bit tongue-tied right now due to nerves, honestly. Of course, however, I guess I would say, and then continue with your answer, and it's going to loosen you up to admit that you're a little bit nervous, and then you're using this great vocabulary, this idiom of being tongue-tied, so you're actually getting this great vocabulary score in spite of your nerves. Yes, and it's so native, guys, for your fluency score to provide context like this, to be able to narrate exactly what you are thinking and feeling. That is fluency, right? And think about it. I mean, you just buy yourself some thinking time with that whole phrase as well. Um, And guys, like there is this idea of naming your fear, which takes the power away from that fear. So I often do encourage students to be totally honest about being nervous, because if you name it, if you say it out loud, if you recognize it, it sort of takes it out of your head. It sort of like gets it out of the way and then you're able to focus, right? And lose yes. some of that those nerves. Exactly. Yep, exactly. There's another one um, being on edge. What's a good um, like a sentence we could use in speaking for that one? Yeah, on edge is great. Um, it's also like just really nervous, right? And just a little mm-hmm. bit just like, I don't know what's going to happen. I'm... <laughs> I'm like intensely nervous right now. So we could say, sorry, I'm kind of on edge because of all this pressure. Okay, let's get to it. So I think that would be great to introduce um, a part two. Yes, these are actually both yeah. great because you could use them anytime. Yeah, like a, totally. A lot of filler phrases are a little more specific to the question or yeah. answer, and you have to think a little bit, whereas some like these, you could use anytime to buy yourself a little bit of time to think. Right. And again, guys, like these phrases, tongue-tied, on edge, such great vocab. Okay. And again, what are you scored on? This is our priority, right? Not feelings. This is our priority (laughs) is to get a high score. So even if you're not nervous, go ahead and use this phrase. Okay, because it is high scoring. Um, to get a seven or higher for vocab, you have to show interesting idiomatic language. And that is exactly what we're doing here. So, okay, one more. I love the vocabulary word jittery. Jittery is like nervous and also a little bit shaky, a little bit jumpy. Um, so in speaking part one, I like d- um, using this there. You could be like, Okay, to be totally honest, I drank too much coffee this morning to stay awake for the whole exam, and I'm kind of on the jittery side. Um, that would make yeah, sense, because like, usually the speaking exam um, comes after the three-hour marathon of the rest of it in the morning. So I think a lot of students do drink too much coffee throughout the day. So <laughs> I think it makes sense. <laughs> There's a good chance you actually will be a little jittery. Totally. So you may as well <laughs> admit it and use that great vocabulary word. <laughs> exactly. Name your fear guys. Get that nervousness out of you. Put it into the world. Take that pressure off. And you know what? If you're not nervous, say this stuff anyway, because it's great for your vocabulary score. Um, One thing we wanted to remind you about, guys, because we know that there are quite a few students listening right now who maybe love learning this vocab and maybe are not prepared 
preparing for IELTS soon, or perhaps their test has been postponed. But guys, at All Ears English, we have another great option for you to improve your fluency, your listening, your native vocabulary while you wait for the exam. Aubrey, what am I talking about here? Yes, so it's our <laughs> Connected Communicator course, and you can find it at allearsenglish.com slash connection. It's fantastic. It's all these videos and modules with real natives. Lindsay and Jessica did a road trip road trip across the United States and interviewed natives. And so you get to hear all kinds of different American accents. I actually recommended this to a student recently who, yeah, her IELTS exam was postponed, but she still wanted an interesting, engaging course that she could take online to improve her vocabulary and listen to more native accents. And this was perfect for her. I love it. Yeah, guys. Um, so listening skills, fluency skills, there's transition lessons, there's pronunciation, there's grammar. Um, but I think one of the biggest reasons to take this course, honestly, is to dive into American culture. We talk about everything in this course. You hear all sides of the gun debate, of the civil rights and racism. I mean, we talk to people in the South, people in the on the West Coast. There's lighter topics, you know, there's a lesson about tacos, but I mean, nice. it's these deeper topics that I think right now, guys, just as global citizens, I think it's our responsibility to think about this stuff. So guys, definitely check it out for any or all of the reasons we mentioned. Go to allearsenglish.com slash connection. Um, all right. Awesome. Aubrey, um, thanks for talking. Have a good yes. day. <laughs> you too. I'll see you next time. <laughs> all right. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to IELTS Energy. Hit subscribe now and don't forget to find your estimated band score at allearsenglish.com slash my score. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.